live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, welcome aboard on a Monday, everybody. Brent Martineau live on location. we got a big golf week in town. It's the Players' Championship week, and we said, you know what? It's been a good and big golf year all across the area, not just heading into TPC Sawgrass and the Players and Ponte Vedra, but instead all the local golf courses really all over the country, but especially here in Jacksonville, have had a, a record year in terms of play because of the pandemic. It's been one of the positive spinoffs in the golf world to the pandemic, and I know there haven't been a lot of positives, but that certainly has been one. More people playing golf maybe than ever before. certainly feels that way if you try to go get a tee time. So we're on location at the Golf Club at Southampton. We'll also announce our Dream 18 date coming up today on the show. So Dream 18 2021, that is happening in the fall. We'll tell you exactly when. And, of course, we've got a lot on the plate with free agency. About a week away, uh, we've got some golf. We've got the NBA All-Star Weekend i got a topic today on the Khan family and how they've got a little bit of momentum right now, it seems, in all their different entities, and I'll explain what I mean by that. But let's welcome in the fellas back at the studio, Action Sports Jacks, Austin Lane, and Coos. Coos coming off a big driving dish podcast weekend, probably with the All-Star game. And Austin Lane heading into a big weekend. It's fight time on Saturday, Austin. I hope you're almost ready to go. Oh, I've been ready to go, man. Now it's just doing the whole mental part of it so yeah i mean physically i'm 100 percent, which is the best thing to be and now i'm just mentally preparing and kind of going through the motions and just getting through the week of the players well uh, did you have a good weekend it was fantastic i mean you kind of mentioned a little bit like there's the all-star game going on there was aew there was ufc so uh in terms of family activities a lot of that revolved around me uh, sitting in front of the tv the entire time but it was fantastic <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was watching everybody, like, between um, whatever, the royal or lack thereof royal interview, uh, going against the NBA All-Star festivities, going against the the AEW revolution, which I saw. Yes. Uh, Then I was like, wow, this is an eclectic group watching TV tonight. Without a doubt. (laughs) Let's just say Twitter was ablaze last night, and it uh, it was coming from all sides of the spectrum, so it was cool to see. Uh, well, uh, give us a synopsis. I'm going to hit on a bunch of different things in the first segment, and then we're going to deep dive into a, um, you know, really some of the big topics, including uh, the Jaguars, who, by the way, Urban Meyer will talk tomorrow. Trent Balky will talk on Wednesday. That's Players Week. Why not? Let's just put everything into one week. Yeah. We've been waiting, doing nothing for the last three, so why don't we just have everything happen all in one week? But really, it does begin and kick off free agency uh, next week uh, is coming up, and then and then we really hit it because we're talking draft. We're probably talking a schedule release, all those things. Uh, so leading into a fun six weeks around here, and it really kicks off this week with the Players' Championship, and we will get an update from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Uh, but I did want to mention, I mean, your fight, you, you just kind of brushed over it, uh, but uh, you, you locked in. I mean, is it tough to work? I mean, you're doing the morning show on APE. you got the afternoon show talking some sports. you got the yeah. family time. I mean, you got to get locked in here, man. No, I mean, listen, I've I've been locked in. Like I said, I mean, this is kind of the easy part now is just chilling. Um, and as far as, like, the workload's concerned, like, I always take pride in, you know, trying to push myself physically and mentally. But truth be told, I mean, you know, last week was a little hectic because you were out a couple days. So I was doing this show. Then I had the morning show. And then obviously getting ready for the fight. But overall, man, I mean, it was easy. Obviously, I, I've been to bed a little earlier than I'm occasionally used to. But besides that... Nothing's really changed. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm calm. I feel ready to roll. Simple as that. All right. 
Well, that's good. Yeah. You're probably more calm than I would be. Oh, uh, yeah. But you've done this a few times now. This what isn't my first rodeo. Fight number what? Oh, I don't even know. Uh, this will be my, let's see, this will be my uh, 11th pro fight, and then I had like eight amateur fights. So I guess fight number 19 we're on right now. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's wild. That's, uh, that's quite a bit now. When you first started <laughs> this thing, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if you had a goal in mind of of amount of fights. You know, no. I'm sure you had many a goals. In yeah, mind, yeah. But, um, you got 20 left in you? Absolutely. I, I mean, <laughs> listen, I I say that right now. <laughs> Talk to me next week. But I mean, as, the way I'm feeling right now, and just kind of, and you know me, like I'm I'm super. Um, I don't want to say I'm obsessive or OCD, but like I kind of have a routine that I follow, and and, and I stick to that routine, uh, regardless if I have, if I'm in fight camp or not. And that routine's been paying dividends for me i guess you would say so i'm gonna keep that routine going until as evan Britton and i used to say until the wheels fall off so we'll see what's yeah. up there we <laughs> go so uh that fight be in orlando on saturday we'll yeah. talk about it uh austin probably austin's off thursday and friday this week to prep for that uh and we'll be live at the players championship later in the week um but we're live all week long here on action sports checks on espn 690 all right uh, jaguars.com talk to urban meyer they did an interview with the hometown uh team and the coverage inside the building state tv as, as sometimes uh, we'd like to call it yeah. state media at least uh but it's some revealing stuff in there uh from urban meyer i don't know if anything's super revealing uh, but still interesting when he talks about it and uh, i think he's hinted about other things I love his, right now, I love his candid nature and transparency of saying, hey, this is a huge month. Basically what he said, it might be the biggest month in Jaguars history. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he even mentioned, I don't want to be overdramatic. Well, that is being a sense overdramatic, but that's okay. I, I think it is a big month. <laughs> it's, there's a lot going on, free agency, how he's trying to set the table and set the tone and set the culture and all those things behind the scenes. And then, of course, the draft where they'll have 11 picks, and the leadoff uh, with that will be Trevor Lawrence. So I agree, it's a huge month for the Jacksonville Jaguars in terms of where they're headed. Uh, and he indicated that you got to like the transparency of the new head coach. No, without a doubt. I mean, there, there's a lot of energy right now coming from Urban Meyer, which is obviously it's refreshing. Um, we're accustomed to energy before. Uh, you know, I think Doug Marone brought some of that, but obviously his uh, the, the guy before him and Gus Bradley, uh, you know, had boatloads and boatloads of energy. But it seems like with Urban Meyer, though, the, and I'm not saying energy is bad. It's actually a really good thing. It gets people excited. It gets players excited. So that's a good thing. But I feel like the energy that Urban Meyer is bringing is a little different because, like, he seems like he's hell-bent on changing the environment for the players, right? Whether it's a new practice facility, whether it's getting, you know, the state-of-the-art everything. Uh, and in doing so, it's his philosophy, just like in college, where if we if you have the best things, that's going to correlate to the players, it's going to correlate to the field, uh, and then the performance on the field. So every time I hear Urban Meyer say, hey, we, we need to upgrade this or we need to build this, that to me is saying, okay, we're going to do this, and that's going to improve the performance on the field. So I absolutely love right now the energy that he's bringing. Yeah, and, you know, in addition, he said two things essentially that I think we already knew, assumed, but he, if you, you know, read in between it at the very least, he didn't ultimately say we are picking Trevor Lawrence, but we all know the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence. He has done nothing to shy away from that. So in that interview with Jaguars.com, he did say 
you know, some things about Trevor. And I think the insight there was, okay, he's our guy. The other thing is we've talked about this even before Urban Meyer was named the head coach, but especially since he was named the head coach and it got kind of hot, and that was a facilities thing. And I think this is interesting for fans because they, they, they like this kind of talk. But this, to me, also is a little bit of a college feel from Urban that he's bringing over. Facilities are so big in college, and the Jaguars could use an upgrade in facilities. The Jaguars want to be a, an attractive place to be for free agents. And if you say you're going to take care of your players, and that's going to be the we're going to have the best for our players because we're going to demand the best from them. Well, this is part of it. And if you read that on Jaguars.com, there is no doubt that they are getting a practice facility. It's just a matter of where and when, right? No, without a doubt. You know, and obviously Urban's leading that charge right now. And I'll be honest, I mean, it's going to be a lot on his plate the first year. Now, whether or not they can make some kind of facility this year, I, I highly doubt it. I'm not sure with COVID-19 and all the, you know, the protocols and all that stuff, if they can actually get something up and running in one year. But the fact that he's throwing it out there in the airwaves, I love it. Um, at the same time, you ask the question, I mean, is it too much too fast for him, right? Like having all these goals and plans, I understand it completely. But you're about to go through your first NFL offseason. You're about to go through your first NFL training camp, uh, you know, in in a couple months or so. So there's a lot of head ahead for Urban Meyer that he hasn't really familiar himself, you know, f- familiarized himself with quite yet. And then on top of it, now we're talking about facilities and stuff like that. Like I love it. And if anybody can handle it his very first go around, it's Urban Meyer. I just wonder if it's going to be too much too quick. Well, he's go to he's already, I think, a very good delegator. He's going to have to be even better in the NFL. He's tried to surround himself with with good people, good coaches, and I think in one of those phases, in terms of the practice facility, Austin, what I would say is he's already got Shad Khan, who knows how to do this kind of stuff and wants to do this stuff, but he also has Mark Lamping, an entire business staff on the other side as well, that can help steer him through some of that. Like I, I, I get what you're saying. I think it, it will add a level of stress and responsibility to him, and he's he's probably spearheading it. But I do think that you know Mark Lamping knows how to do that stuff too, and and I think uh, it'll be a shared vision of what they do with the practice facility or the team headquarters or whatever you want to call it. But so many teams now in the NFL are doing it. I saw the Dolphins are doing one as well. Uh, I think it's they they said the cost was around 135 million dollars that they're building a new team facility. We always talk about the Ravens, who built one, by the way, like 20 years ago for, I think, like $45 million. Then they added another $45 million into it in the last couple of years, and that is way away from Baltimore. Uh, it's about a good half hour away from Baltimore. Mm. We've been to Minnesota. Minnesota builds a new stadium downtown, but their facility and where they do everything is, again, about another half hour away from downtown. Uh, there was another one they mentioned in there in one of the articles I saw of, of somebody else who's doing it, and it too will be away from the facility. I guess you just get the feel that you, you know, the curiosity for me is will they do something like this right downtown and be a part of downtown and right near the stadium, or will they do it like here in St. John's County? You know, I think yeah. that will be the interest. And, and by the way, the way Shad Khan has dealt with 
city council over the last couple of weeks and month, you might just say, I might go try the St. John's County City Council instead. <laughs> no, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville, I mean, as far as Florida cities are concerned, it's, uh, you know, it's very large and it's very spread out. Um, you know, I spent some time in Chicago playing in Detroit and Kansas City, and all their practice facilities were, you know, I mean, at least 20 to 30 miles away from their stadium. So... You know, it's not uncommon to have that. I think you have to take into account where players live uh, for the majority. You have to take into account traffic. There's a lot of things, in my opinion, that go into where you want to put your practice facility. And I think you have to take that all into account as well. So if I was going to place a bet down and and say, you know, where is it going to go, I would predict that it's probably going to be – you know, at least 10 to 15 miles, maybe maybe like a St. John's County area away from the stadium in, in a new area. Yeah, well, listen, I'd be all right with that from where I live. Getting of course. To a facility, yeah, you'd that'd love be that. fine. I also wonder, though, if they're thinking, could you, there's so much land like around the airport, and if why wouldn't you maybe put it up in that area uh, because it's kind of a booming area as well, and then when you have to go to games and stuff, you're right there. If sure. you're down in St. John's County and a lot of the free agents who come in or draft picks who come in end up kind of migrating down towards St. John's County, one, because of schools, and two, because they'd be near their facility, well, then it's still like a 40-minute drive up to Jacksonville International Airport. I just wonder how much of that stuff gets talked about. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's not a big deal. It might not matter, uh, but... It's uh, it's it's a pretty fascinating process, and I think it's going to get sped up. I think I tell people all the time. People ask this question: What do you think about Urban Meyer? And I was like, first of all, I like it. I, I like the Urban Meyer hire. I, I think Shad Khan. We're going to talk about this part of it a little bit later on. But Shad Khan wanted someone, and he went after that guy, and he got that guy, and so he was convicted about who he wanted. And Meyer wins. Uh, bottom line is he wins. But the reason why I tell people I like Meyer, is I don't know if he's going to win big in the NFL. I really do feel like the 2-14, and 3-13 and 13 days are over, because I just don't know if Urban Meyer is going to have a record like that. But I don't know if he's going to win big at the NFL level. I think that's a mystery to all of us. But I do think him taking that building and basically flipping it upside down and shaking it out is something that this organization needed. I've been here for 12, 13 years now. Actually, it's 13 now that we're in March. And it just hasn't worked. So great people down there. There's probably a lot of good things that do work, but not everything does, and it hasn't equated to winning. And so whoever that's on, the building needed a shakeup. And I think Urban Meyer's doing that. Now, whether he reaps the benefit of all that in his tenure here and wins big, I don't know. But I think now going forward, whether it's Urban Meyer or the next guy that comes in here, I do think this shakeup, New facilities, all this other stuff that will happen, uh, kind of setting a new standard for the Jacksonville Jaguars, will equate to winning at some point. And so when people ask me, do you like the Meyer hire, that's what I like most about it. I really do. I, I think that is something that's been overdue. I think Shad Khan realized that. I think Shad Khan knew this was going to be a healthy investment in a lot of different ways. And... Here we are. So uh, I don't know what you say when you get asked that question in the grocery store, but that's what I say. No, without a doubt. I, I mean, usually I don't get asked that question. I get asked, like, is your hair real or, like, <laughs> did you play for the Jaguars? But, no, I get what you're saying for sure. No, I don't get either one of those questions. You'd be surprised how many times I get that. Like, no, I have extensions in my hair because I have time <laughs> and patience for that. No, to answer the question of what I feel about Urban Meyer, I agree with you, Brent. I, I feel like 
um, you know, there's definitely a paradigm shift now in how this team is going to be ran. And it's for the best because if we look at the past decade, uh, you know, it's it's been it's been a problem uh, set aside from 2017. Um, you know, there, there's been losing record after losing record. So I'm on board for that. What I also enjoy, though, and I think is going to be a value to this team is you get the sense now of communication and who, who falls in line where. Right. Like whatever decision is going to be made with the roster, with the draft, you feel like it's going to be an Urban Meyer decision. Um, whether a player messes up in practice, whether he messes up in a game or there's some, you know, wh- whatever the case may be, you feel like it's going to fall on Urban Meyer now. When Tom Coughlin was in the building, there was a little, I think, in my opinion, and I, a lot of people would agree with me here, you didn't know who was running the show sometimes. You had Doug Marone looking down the hall saying, should I say something? You had Dave Caldwell on one side. You had Tom Coughlin on the other side. And there was no communication. I think now with Urban Meyer here, he's the leader. He's the captain of the ship. Shad Khan himself has said he's going to be more hands-on in terms of the transactions, which is great. You know, it's not going to be like a Jerry Jones-esque thing where he's going to be in the media talking about getting this guy, getting that guy. But he's going to be more hands-on with the money and who gets it and who doesn't, which I enjoy. And then Urban Meyer is going to be steering the ship. So I like the chain of command. I like the communication. And I think you need those things if you're trying to build a successful football team. So you you get asked if you played for the Jags. That answer is yes. Yes. You get asked if your hair is real. Yes. That answer is yes. Oh, you want to? Yeah. You want to hear something real crazy? Yeah. So I was at Sprouts Market. Um, ah. This would have been on Sunday. Little free publicity okay. there for. No, I'm there sorry. Yeah, it was Sunday. And uh, so I'm, I'm I'm in the checkout line. Obviously, I'm masked up and everything. And this gentleman comes up to me, and he's like, "Hey, you're Austin Lane." I'm like, "Yes, sir. How you doing?" And he's like, "You had my son on on your uh, you know on your show." And I was like, oh, your son. Okay, so I'm trying to think back. Like, you know, we had the the kid that went to Olympics, the swimmer. So I'm like, is it him? Because the guys were in a mask, too. So I had no idea. And he's just like, you don't know who my son is, do you? I'm like, "Uh, unfortunately, sir, no, I don't. (laughs) And it ended up being MJF, one of the AEW wrestlers that that I interviewed way back a couple years ago. And then he goes, I just want to tell you, it was one of the best interviews I ever heard with my son. He can be a handful, but I appreciate you uh, taking some time with him. I'm like, yeah, man, no problem. I can't believe, like, he picked me out in in the middle of Sprouts and came up to me. It was awesome. (laughs) That's terrific. Do you think he lives here or is he just here in town for the show? No, so he was just here in town for, for, you know, the – pay-per-view i guess he was spending some time in miami they came up to jacksonville and i think they're from jersey or new york so he's heading back there after the pay-per-view then that's cool random Uh, i hardly ever get asked if i play for the jaguars only if i'm like in london or something and then i say (laughs) i'm the punter there you go um or or whatever uh, an assistant coach and I have not yet get been asked if my hair is real or not, but I'm sure that's coming give up. Give it time, Brent. Give it time, man. Give it time. <laughs> Maybe when it's really not real. When you anymore. start getting a little more stressed and everything in life, you know, we got those two high school kids. Oh yeah, it'll it'll be falling out in no time. Don't worry. Uh, man, there's a lot going on. By the way, I do want to mention uh, Tony Jasic, JU Dolphins head basketball coach. Uh, really a big fan of his, a good buddy. And uh, he's been fired by the JU Dolphins after a seven-year run, running their basketball program. We'll have Alex Ricker Gilbert on the AD mm-hmm. uh, at the top of the hour and see what the latest is with the JU Dolphins. they got to get their basketball program right. Uh, they're starting to invest more into it, I think in part because of Tony. And now he's not going to be able to see that through. So what direction does JU go in? We'll get to that in a little bit. Obviously, these players championship week we'll talk to lento griffin today who's really come on strong and he's an interesting guy because i played with him back at a web.com tour championship pro-am 
nice. a few years back at Atlantic Beach, and here he is now. This last year, he's been all over the leaderboards on the PGA Tour. I think that's a cool story. We'll have him on the show in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll announce the uh, Dream 18 date. It'll be right here at the Golf Club at Southampton, as it has been for the last couple of years. Uh, we love the guys over here at Southampton, what they do. And they've been getting a ton of play, of course, not only this winter, but over the last year uh, during the pandemic. And the golf course has always in really good shape here in March as the weather starts to uh, heat up. Indeed. And one more thing to get to, at least before we take a break, guys. I see this thing happened without me on Friday. You said you were going to take care of this, Austin. And who's going to argue with 6'6", 245, who's about to go into a cage on Saturday? Okay. Certainly not Coos. Okay. Because the ESPN 690 stream chat on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch has now been changed to the ESPN 690 chat. It's just chat. Yeah, it's just a chat. Now... You probably didn't listen to the show on Friday. I didn't. I but, was driving. But well, that'd be a perfect time to listen to the show. But that's okay. I mean, well, I, actually, I, hey, I will that's say that's not an excuse. That's I was a good driving. Point, but I was driving like out of town. But actually, you, you I, oh, just, I'm sorry. You Were you driving in Alaska? Where does doesn't our signal reach? Well, actually, it's a very good point. I did listen at times because uh. I was kept telling everybody in the car. I was like, look at our signal, and then look at yeah. like, the other guy's signal. Yeah. Because our signal, I went all the way out to Ocala. Okay. And you could get us loud and clear. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of nowhere in Ocala. Okay. So actually, I did listen, but I just didn't listen to this part. And really, we we're probably talking over you most. Of the oh time. no, it's all good. Hey, which is what everybody does it, anyway. You aren't feeling it. It's all good. But no. So what happened was, obviously, I had to bring this up to Coos again because it was Friday, and I had a foot in the parking lot, and he took it upon himself to change it for me. Now, what you didn't see with this logo compared to Friday's logo is he thought it would be funny and kind of be a little, you know, a, a little. I don't want to say the words. I don't want to get in trouble. But he's going to be a smart you-know-what. And he put, like, the box, but it was, like, covering up my head. So, basically, the box <laughs> was, like, taking up half the screen, and it said ESPN 690 chat. I'm glad to see that he made it smaller for today. Ah, very good. Uh, so, that's the story. And who told who? Told who? Like, you said, or did Koo say, we have to get rid of stream? Go ahead, Goose. Well, all the cool all cool kids just call it the chat. The chat. That's what the streamers okay. call it. So I figured we should and, do that. And so you know stream I, was a little redundant or unnecessary. Well, the, no, so, stream, the stream, stream itself. Was fine. Everything is a stream. The whole thing is a stream. But, so the chat is just a part of the stream. So it's redundant to say the stream chat. See. I, got you. I, I was trying to read what was on the screen, Brent, because I'm like Ron Burgundy. If you put something in front of me, I'm going to read it. So it said ESPN 690 stream chat. And when I said stream chat, Coos got all mad at me. So then he had to change it. Ah, good to hear that Coos is hanging with the cool kids wearing his TJ McConnell jersey. Oh, yeah. yeah. TJ McConnell. By the way, after last week, McConnell should have been added to the all-star roster. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad that didn't happen. All right, now let's take a break. We're live at uh, the Golf Club at Southampton. It's Players Championship Week. Yeah, we'll be out there as well. Um, a lot of golf backgrounds and settings. You know how it goes on our show. We're talking a lot of football. Yes, we'll talk Players Championship, but it's not three hours of golf talk for the next five days. Well, because even if you were driving, I know you probably wouldn't listen. It's a good, so good call, Brent. We talk some football. I'd probably walk fact, out. In fact, Austin probably walk out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Austin <laughs> plans to have fights on. Players' championship week, so it doesn't have to talk golf all five days. It's all by design, Brent. It's all by design. Uh, but anyway, we will celebrate really one of the big weeks in Jacksonville, no doubt about it. Players' championship week. It is all on the way. And if you're driving, we hope you're listening uh, on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll be back live at Southampton right after this. 
Austin Lane. I had braces. I still have my permanent retainer in. It's been knocked out twice. Brent Martineau. So, so it's not stuck in there. No, it's not stuck in there. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Frankly, I'm fairly optimistic um, at this point that we will be able to start on time and that we have roughly, you know, half of our teams have fans in the arenas right now. And, and if vaccines continue on the pace they are and, and they continue to be as effective as they have been against the virus and its variants, um, we're, we're hopeful that we'll have relatively full arenas uh, next season as well. Mm-hmm. That is Commissioner Adam Silver, I'm assuming. Nailed it. And... I would hope, gosh, by next NBA season we got full arenas. I keep saying that, but I guess we're getting closer and closer, right? Yeah. Next season starts in, like, November. (laughs) It's going to start in a couple months, yeah. (laughs) That's the way it rolls, yep. Uh, that is wild. Uh, Brent Morton here at the Golf Club at Southampton. Celebrate Golf Week. Of course, it's the Players' Championship Week. And one of the reasons I wanted to come out to some of the local golf courses and not just TPC Sawgrass is because there has been a boom in golf all across the country. Uh, heck, probably all across the world, really. But uh, especially right here in Northeast Florida. I'm telling you, I'm pretty tied into the golf world here. And these courses are packed. Day in, day out. If you don't go get a tee time early, you're probably not getting one. Uh, and so that's awesome for local golf. A lot of times when there are struggles, especially uh, potentially an economy, economic struggle of any kind, uh, the golf courses really take a dive. And, and so that happened back in the recession of 08. That's kind of how our Action Sports Jacks Dream 18 was even born because of that to help promote local golf. And uh, here we are during this pandemic, and they've actually done terrific. So that's a cool story to tell. So we're at the golf club at Southampton, home of the Action Sports Jacks Dream 18. And uh, we'll announce a little bit later on when uh, the date for the 2021 tournament will be. Uh, one other note, do you want to make you aware of this? We have been uh, promoting our, and, and selling our Dream 18 card, which is for discounted golf at local golf courses, also from free stuff at uh, some of the area businesses and discounts at businesses. Well, we just took 25% off the card this week only. It's Players' Championship Special, 25% off the card. So that's a pretty nice savings, and you're already getting a bunch of savings. So go check it out, ESPN690.com. Purchase the card this week for 25% off uh, discounted golf for you. Um, a little love for the golf courses and local businesses, so you support local. And a uh, portion of the proceeds, of course, going to the Dream 18 charities as well. 25% off this week, ESPN690.com. Brent Orton, Austin Lane, Coos. Uh, we're going to get Chris on the line coming in in just a moment. But I want to ask you about this, Austin. Andrew Norwell. Uh, there was a report uh, by Albert Breer and I think even some others that the Jaguars are have asked him or might be asking him to take a pay cut, yeah. or he could be on the block. What's your take on that? I know players don't often like being asked to take a pay cut. No, no, for sure. I mean, you know, my take obviously is that uh, – well, here's the crazy thing about it, right? Because the Jaguars have the most salary cap right now in the NFL. So it's not like they're worried about, well, we need Norwell to take a pay cut just because we're trying to sign somebody else. You have enough to sign anybody that you want to. So that's not the reason. I think it's just the reason that maybe Urban Meyer or whoever, you know, the, the coach responsible for this saw some film and was like, all right, we're paying this guy how much? And we don't feel like he's living up to that. 
Now, from Andrew Norwell's perspective, hey, listen, you, you guys gave me the contract. Uh, I signed it. I should make what you guys said you're going to pay me. So I have no problem if Andrew Norwell fights this. You know what? I, I think any player would encourage him to fight it as long as he can. And if so be it, if he's got a problem with it, then he gets traded. But if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, I try to at least keep the continuity as much as I can, especially from you know the center and guard position where it feels like that wasn't really the issue of the team last year. Now, if you want to upgrade the guard position, then so be it. But I, I didn't feel like Norwell was really that big of an issue last year for them. Austin, I hate this ask. Like, I hate it. Like, I get it sometimes. I, I understand why you do it sometimes. Coming off last year, I mean, two years ago, I might have asked him to do that. He didn't play that well. Like, Correct. you signed him to a big deal, and you're against the cap. Uh, he was so new on his deal that you probably wouldn't do that. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't know. I, I know it's an uncomfortable conversation. It's something teams don't like to do anyway, and obviously players hate it for obvious reasons. But sometimes you have to do it. Business is business. And so, and, and some teams uh, and some guys are okay with it. Marcel Darius, remember, restructured his deal. So restructuring and pay cut, though, are also two different deals sometimes. Yeah. So you got to be careful with some of the language. I don't like this one. The Jags have no worries about the cap. And why create another problem on what I think is one of their strengths with Trevor Lawrence coming in? I don't like this uh, if, the, if it is happening. It's just a report out there. Um, I don't like it if Andrew Norwell isn't here because you just created another hole. I, I guess I care less uh, if, from my standpoint if it, Andrew Norwell's not happy, but as long as he's here protecting Trevor Lawrence, I like it. But you could now, if, if you do something here, you could essentially say Andrew Norwell, who, by the way, did play really good football by all accounts last year, even maybe if it's not up to still what they think they're paying him, uh, and has been an all-pro in the league in the past. You're creating now a hole at left guard, potentially. You do have Will Richardson and Ben Barch, so you have other players that can play there. But you're also creating a hole, potentially, at left tackle, depending on what they decide to do with Cam Robinson. And the franchise tag season is coming to fruition tomorrow, and there's been nothing done in that respect yet on the Cam Robinson front. So I don't like this at all by the Jaguars. Uh, I, I just don't like it from an organizational point of view if this is what's happening and the end game is you lose Norwell for some reason. Maybe he is slightly overpaid. I still think I can lock in and say Andrew Norwell's my left guard, and I absolutely like that, Austin. Without a doubt. And we got to keep in mind, this is an offensive line last year as a whole unit that provided James Robinson, an undrafted free, you know, uh, free agent or undrafted rookie, I mean, to rush over a thousand yards. All right. This was an O line last year that, that made strides from two years ago. And, and for the most part, now a lot of it kind of fell on Minshew, but for the most part, they kept Minshew up. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Like, the last thing, if I'm trying to do right now, if I'm Urban Meyer, is split up the continuity um, and split up this offensive line. Now, once again, you can upgrade it where you feel fit. Left tackle position, obviously, if you feel the need to. Uh, you know, maybe the, the other guard position if you need to. But I feel like Norwell's a guy right now, unless there's a plan. Unless there's a plan to upgrade, which I'm not sure what the upgrade plan would be right now. I wouldn't let him go, and I wouldn't, you know, kind of hold him to the fire and say, we're going to offer you less money, you better accept it. Yeah, I can usually see logic in, in both sides. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you protect the organization. No, I'm not. I, I just like to see it from both sides. And obviously you've got the player view. Uh, and this one I just don't like from the organization side. I really don't. I, I don't like it at all because I've been trumpeting. I think this offensive line is way better than people think. I think most people would sign up for this offensive line. You have Trevor Lawrence coming in. 
make that a strong point. Now, if, again, if you can upgrade on left tackle, if you think there's better to go than Cam Robinson, if you can pull that off with Orlando Brown, Trent Williams, whatever you think, hey, I'm for that too. You always want to look to upgrade. I, I'm with you here, Austin. I just don't see an upgrade out there. Um, other, This more looks like, hey, let's save a little money. Uh, the One other note here, which is interesting, if you like to connect dots, and say, hey, Urban Meyer's an Ohio State guy, Andrew Norwell, Ohio State guy. Well, if this is true, and if this comes to fruition to some degree, well, you can throw that part out the window. No. Uh, he's yeah. obviously going to evaluate. It doesn't matter what school he went to, right? No, no, without a doubt. <laughs> You're not lying there. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to watch. We usually don't know. It's an interesting report because a lot of times this doesn't get out. This is definitely an agent play. The organization doesn't like to admit if they are asking a guy to take a pay cut, um, I think they've done this on several occasions in the past, and I believe they did this with Calais Campbell last year, Austin, before they traded him. I don't think it's why they traded him, but I do think they they poked around on it. Uh, so this is not new. I would imagine in, in the locker room you were in for you know some different teams in all those years. I don't know if you knew it or not, but I'm sure this happened a handful of times. No, it happens all the time, but, you know, there's varying degrees of of what that conversation is, right? When we talk about restructuring a contract, I'm reminded of Marcel Darius. Now, Marcel Darius restructured his contract, but it was restructured so he got a lot more money up front. Right. So it was almost like a good faith contract where it's like, all right, we got to move some things around there, Marcel, but we trust you. We value you. So we're going to give you the money up front. And in doing so, we feel like, you know what, even though you get the money up front, you're still going to work hard. You're still going to contribute and you're going to be a leader of this team. So we don't know what this restructured deal is going to look like. I assume that it's not going to be more money up front because usually when you do that, you're doing that in terms of you're trying to move some money around to sign somebody else. Like we've just talked about, you have plenty of money in the salary cap, so restructuring deals to sign somebody shouldn't be the objective right now. So this leads to tell me it's more of, all right, we're taking some money away because we don't think he's earned it. That could be a slippery slope, um, and especially if you're a first-year coach in the locker room and you're trying to set a precedent, that could send some, you know, set some people the wrong way. Well, let me be perfectly clear, first of all. As we're talking about Andrew Norwell, this is a report Albert Breer had, and I think I saw it somewhere else too, but either way, uh, it's a report. Like, the Jags aren't – this isn't like a public thing. The Jags are going to come out and say, so we don't know the exact details. We don't know if these are serious conversations. We don't really know uh, what, what they're doing with it. But the idea that it got brought up by Breer today, he was pretty close to, to Urban um, over the years, and has had, had been on some – the you know, ahead of some of the things when it comes to Urban. Uh, so, you, you know, he's a reliable source, I think, in this situation when it comes to the Andrew Norwell um, potential – asking for a a little bit of a discount here or restructure of his contract in some way, shape, or form. I think one last thought on this, and again, Chris, thanks for hanging on the line. We'll get to you in a moment. But one last thought on this is, could they be doing this, not necessarily for cap room, because we know that doesn't matter right now to the Jags, or it shouldn't. Uh, Could it be a style play? And I don't know enough about the guard position, quite honestly. Could they be trying to mix things up on their offensive line and and Norwell doesn't fit the style they want to play up front? I mean, yeah, you know, I guess that's always a possibility. But at the same time, you know, and without the risk of repeating myself too much here, I mean, you, you look what he was able to do um, to give James Robinson his yards. We didn't really talk about a lot of uh, a turn style at the guard position. I feel like uh, I feel like Norwell is to the point in his career where he's experienced. He's a veteran where whatever you ask him to do, he should be able to do it. 
Uh, and if not, then yeah, I guess you let him go. But I just get the sense that he's willing to play whatever it takes to help the team out. So I'm not sure if I buy into that narrative just because I feel like he's skilled enough to transition, whether it's more of a zone-blocking team or a power, whatever the case may be, I feel like he can do anything. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I just asked the question. I don't yeah, know, sure. right? I, I'm just I'm trying to figure out why. Because again, I'm with you. Usually, this is super duper performance has has really been off from what you're making, or uh, you're up against the cap. These those are the reasons you do this often. Uh, and I just don't know if his performance has been as far off as sometimes people on the outside say. Uh, but maybe the Jags internally feel like well, it has. So yeah, and at the end of the day. Look, if you look at the top, you know, the highest paid guards right now in the NFL, Andrew Norwell is coming in at number three overall, averaging 13 million, I'm sorry, 13 million, uh, 300,000 a year. Okay, so is he playing right now like he's the top three guards in the NFL? Probably not, right? There's definitely an argument for that. Um, is he a top, I don't know, top six, top seven? Maybe. So if you talk the difference between a top, you know, top seven, top eight, like for instance, Graham Glasgow right now of Denver is making eleven million. He he's the sixth highest, eleven million dollars a year. So that's essentially Norwell's making two more million dollars a year than he is. Is that that big of a deal? I guess possibly, but once again, I mean we're talking a couple million dollars here, a couple million dollars there. I'm not sure how much stake you really have to put into it when you when you have plenty of salary cap money. Yeah, and you know, keeping Tim Warhop, I thought that meant keep everybody kind of aligned. Like you, you mentioned that earlier in this segment, and I, I'm with you. So anyway, we'll see how it shakes out. I, I don't know if it's cause for alarm or, or whatever. I'm just going to tell you what I just told you about ten minutes ago when we started talking about this. I hate the idea of it if it means Norwell's not going to be on that offensive line. I think he's a nice piece that they have. I think there's reason why he's part of the reason I'm confident in their offensive line. I think he he makes them better. And I don't know if there's too much of an upgrade you're going to get, even by, you know, paying the same amount of money. Uh, so I think uh, keeping Andrew Norwell is in the best interest of the Jags, best interest of their offensive linemen, best interest for Trevor Lawrence. And however it shakes out, I hope that's the end game. Hey, let's get Chris in on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Sorry to keep you waiting, man. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good weekend. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Hey, Brent. Hey, Train. What's going on, guys? How you doing, man? You all right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. appreciate it. So just to add on to what you guys were saying right there with Norwell, in my opinion, I was listening soaking up everything you guys said, and I'm with you on a majority of it. I think he deserves the money. And not only that, I know you said it happens a lot. It's a business. I get that. But they, I know they can come to him and say, hey, we appreciate you. We value, like you were saying, A-Train. But in the back of his mind, he's got to feel like, man, you know, like I'm playing pretty good for you guys to ask me to take away some money. And like you said, the money is not an issue for our team right now. We have – you know, the most to, to, to deal out right now. So it, I don't think it's good because even if we were able to keep him, I would hope that he wouldn't, you know, have a chip on his shoulder feeling like he wasn't, you know, <clears throat> appreciated for real. And then my, my random question for the day was, are we going to be able to keep uh, Minshew on his rookie contract, even with our franchise quarterback coming in? And uh, what do you guys think was going to happen in that department? All right, Chris, yeah, thanks, appreciate Chris. it, man. Well, good question. And Go listen, for, first of all, He's absolutely right in terms of how should Andrew Norwell be feeling right now. Because when you ask players to restructure deals, there has to be a level of trust. When they asked Darius to do it, it was because he respected and he trusted Doug Marone. So he was yeah. happy to do it and help out the team. And he had made well, $100 million. Well, no. And then listen, yeah, that, that helps as well. But seriously, man, we're talking contracts here. Like Players value that, right? Because we yeah, always yeah. take the other side. It's like, well, they're not going to value their contract. Well, the team's not going to value the contract now. So that definitely means something to players regardless of how much money you made. 
in Norwell's case, you're talking about a new regime and a new head coach who haven't coached you yet. They're essentially coming in and saying, all right, well, we got to take some money away or we got to move some things around because for whatever reason, we're not impressed with you. That can definitely rub a player the wrong way because, once again, there's the trust factor there. And I'm not sure if Norwell has that trust factor. He's got it with offensive line coach because he's had him. But in terms of the head coach and Urban Meyer, there's definitely not a trust factor there quite yet. Now, I mean, maybe they know each other, obviously, with the connections, but I don't think there's a trust factor there. Well, right now, Jags fans have to trust Urban Meyer's making the right decisions when it comes to that. I'll tell you this. I don't know if I'd like that kind of move. I, I just can't get off that right yet until I see how it shakes out, uh, if it were to shake out. Again, just a report uh, from Albert Breer, and we don't know how that part is going to end. Let's take a break. We're live at the Golf Club at Southampton. Uh, we will get into a little golf talk. Uh, JU basketball fires Tony Jasic, Alex Ricker-Gilbert coming up, and we'll answer Chris's question because I'm glad he brought up Gardner Minshew. I saw something I mentioned today, and it got me thinking a little bit, so I had a thought or two about Gardner. We'll talk about it next. Live from Southampton, it's Players' Championship Week. sun is shining. It's beautiful. I'll play some golf if you can. We're live on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 on a Monday. Brett Martineau here at the Golf Club at Southampton. He'll be home of the Dream 18 once again in 2021. We'll tell you the date coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Shack studios along with Coos. A reminder, go to ESPN690.com. 25% discount on the Dream 18 card this week. We'll celebrate the Players' Championship by giving you a discount from the already discounted golf, 25% off. Go check it out, ESPN690.com. Chris uh, joined us uh, in the last segment as we were talking about Andrew Norwell, and he also asked about Gardner Minshew. You know, I saw a post, I think, from, from Minshew again. It was over the weekend, and just Minshew with his shirt off, you know, and just kind of doing his thing, right? Sure. Uh, you know, he's working out. Uh, and it got me thinking. First, we should answer Chris's question. Should they keep him? Will he be a part of it? I think the answer to that is yes. Now, I've also said, hey, if they go explore Alex Smith, I can see that. I don't see Gardner Minshew as as that so-called, quote, mentor to Trevor Lawrence. I see him as a good backup, and I feel good if something happened to Lawrence for a few weeks of, of Minshew coming in. I'm a fan of Gardner Minshew. And I think he can win games in the NFL. So I don't mind that. I don't look him at him as the mentor type. Uh, I think you kind of feel the same way from past conversations, Austin, about keeping him on this roster, but uh, make it clear. No, without a doubt. I think that you should wholeheartedly, unequivocally keep Gardner Minshew on this roster because it's very rare. Where, And let's be honest. If Gardner Minshew is a starting quarterback this year, he's not going to probably lead you to the playoffs. But if you need a spark, if you need him to come in for a couple games and try to win, he can do that. And I get the whole Alex Smith thing. If it's the right price, you know, I think I would be open to it. But I think when we talk about, well, Alex Smith can come in and teach Trevor Lawrence, I think you're selling Trevor Lawrence short a little bit. Because I think if you're truly a skilled quarterback, you don't need that backup quarterback to here teach you things, right? Because you should already be the guide from day one. Uh when I look at Trevor Lawrence's career, when he went to Clemson his freshman year, like he didn't need a guy to show him the way, right? He was just kind of the guy already, hence why he took you know Clemson National Championship against uh, Alabama. So I feel like you know it wouldn't hurt to have Alex Smith, 
but I'm not going to lose sleep about it because I think Trevor Lawrence is that skilled, and he'll be just fine whether it's Alex Smith, Gardner Minshew, me or you. doesn't really matter in my opinion. Yeah, and, and so my final thought, I think we agree on that, Chris, and I, I think he's going to be on the roster. I know there's been talk about Chicago and all these other places. I don't think that's happening. I really don't. But we'll see. Again, new regime, a lot unknown. It's unpredictable. Uh, but I think he's here on a cheap deal, and I think he's a, a worthy backup and a very good backup. I feel good about their backup quarterback if it's Gardner Minshew. I don't know if everybody else does. I do. Uh, the other part of it that I like about Minshew right now is he's getting back to being Gardner Austin. You know, they clamped down on that. They, 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 he got away from it. He didn't wear the bandanas to the press conferences anymore. Yeah. Now he's just kind of letting it go. He's like, I'm going to be me. You take it or leave it, and I'm going to be me. And I get that sense. I don't know if, if some of that went through his mind last year. I felt it from him, though. Like, he couldn't be himself with the doghouse situation Marone and the Jag staff put him in. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Urban Meyer, right? Because Urban Meyer's that offensive-minded, quarterback-friendly coach, at least he was in college. We'll see how it translates to the pros. I'm reminded of how he let kind of Tim Tebow be Tim Tebow, obviously. Now, Gardner Minshew's kind of on the opposite side of that spectrum, but I get the sense that whether it's going to be a mullet, whether it's going to be jean shorts, I don't think it's going to be too much for Urban Meyer. Set aside that Gardner Minshew's doing his job as a backup quarterback uh, you know, and doing his due diligence and helping the team out. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I like Gardner Minshew's mindset right now. Just let it go, man. Be who you are. Uh, is That's what it looks like. Again, I'm reading this from social media. But we've seen him come out and do some things. He kind of clamped down when he was in that doghouse last year. Uh, again, a book to be written sometime in the future probably. But that whole situation took away some of the character of Gardner. Made him, he got away from being who he is, uh, whether that was him or them taking it away. I like that it kind of feels like he's himself once again. Uh, we'll be back uh, 4 o'clock hour coming up. Why did JU fire Tony Jasek? Where do they go from here? Plus plenty more football conversation and a little bit of golf, Austin Lane. It's Players' <laughs> Championship Week. We're live at Southampton. We're coming back on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.